Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. This morning we're looking at Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 28. This is where Jesus predicts his death and resurrection. Matthew verse 16, 21 through 28. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus says to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father and his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The word of God for us this morning. Our gospel text today offers Matthew's follow-up on that crucial hinge moment we looked at last week, when Peter states for the first time that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Immediately afterward, Jesus reveals to his disciples the shocking nature of the Messiah's future. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Jesus shares the stunning prediction of how he would be violently killed by his enemies. This is the first of three such predictions that Jesus would make. These words were hard for the disciples to hear because it was so far out of their expectation of what the Messiah was supposed to be. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. Here we find Peter's immediate rejection of Jesus' death. Of course, Peter was examining the issue by human, earthly reasoning. He thought it disgraceful to Jesus that he would even contemplate such a fate. Peter had recognized Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of the living God. This was well-known terminology in Jewish tradition, but the common understanding was that the arrival of the Jewish Messiah was to bring in the defeat of Israel's enemies and the victory of God's chosen people over all their oppressors. The Messiah was to be a powerful figure with a military answer to Israel's problems. The Messiah was not to be an unnamed teacher killed in the most shameful, humiliating form of execution the Romans had at their disposal. 
Peter didn't want to hear that, and neither do we. See, we often gloss over all this death talk by focusing instead on the resurrection. We know the end of the story so we don't get too upset and bothered by the horrible death part. But Jesus would not let Peter get away with it, and he won't let us get away so easily either. Matthew 16, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 28 shows us that Christian faith is a lot more than assigning the right titles to Jesus. Indeed, the story shows us that sometimes these titles can get in the way of understanding who Jesus is at least as much as they help. Peter had learned that Jesus is the Son of God, but he had not learned the mystery of the cross and the resurrection. No wonder Jesus forbid them from telling others. If it confused the disciples, what would have been the response of those who knew even less about Jesus' true identity? But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan! You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. When Peter confessed Christ, Jesus praised him. But when he was irrationally terrified, Jesus rebuked him. Here Jesus says that Peter, the rock, was in danger of becoming a stumbling block or a stone in Jesus' path toward Jerusalem. Jesus was saying that suffering and death of all things becomes him. It is as if he was saying to Peter, You suppose that suffering is unworthy of me, but I say to you that for me not to suffer is of the devil's mind. Then add that suffering becomes all who follow him. Then Jesus took his disciples if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? See, Jesus makes an unqualified call to a life of sacrifice. If we can hear this phrase as if we were hearing it for the first time, we would find that it intrudes rudely into our safe, secure, and convenient lives. Here is a ringing challenge. True disciples must give up their lives and instead willingly make God their final authority. Only this kind of transformation will bring them eternal life. Do churches offer a faith strong enough that it can command a sacrifice? Do you have enough faith to offer up a genuine sacrifice for Christ's sake? Can a church in today's self-centered, self-help culture ask its people to sacrifice something for the sake of the gospel? Jesus' challenge to all the would-be disciples requires more than a feel-good or self-hug spirituality. True discipleship asks, are you willing to sacrifice something for the kingdom? 
If you want to follow Jesus, you had better look good on wood. That's the question. Would you look good on wood? But what does that mean, to take up one's cross? It's clearly something that's important to Matthew as he reports Jesus saying something like this twice. The passage in which Jesus tells his followers to take up the cross implicitly tells a story of what happened to many who followed Jesus. Some were left destitute, and some ended up on literal crosses of their own. When we become Christians, Jesus calls us away from our old identities, our old selves. When we become Christians, we undergo a character change. It is a call to self-denial. Too many today think they can have Christianity without the cross. They are curious bystanders at the foot of the cross. They are casual followers of Jesus. They take their Christian Christianity like cream in their coffee. Just a little something added to life to make it interesting. I'm afraid most of us have not yet heard Jesus' call to a radical discipleship. We don't yet understand the real meaning of the cross. Many Christians talk about the cross or display the cross without any idea of what it really means. On one occasion, a young man came to Jesus and asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus spoke to him of the commandments. The young man, of course, as we know and we remember, claimed to have kept them all. Then Jesus said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come, follow me. Jesus' call was absolute demand. When he said, follow me, he meant leaving something or someone or some place behind. To obey meant to walk into the unknown, encumbered, unencumbered, ready to, to listen, to learn, to witness, to serve. Many of the people who heard this call to radical discipleship found that they could not break loose from the things that bound them. The rich young ruler sadly walked away, for he had many possessions. Another man wanted to wait until his elderly father died. One of the most powerful verses in the Bible is John 6, 66, which says, After this, many of his disciples drew back and no longer went about with him. Jesus always wants us to count the cost. But make no doubt about it. He calls those who would be his disciples to come and die with him. If anyone to be my followers, let him deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Have you heard this call to radical discipleship? Does your faith entail a radical commitment to Jesus Christ? Are you willing to die with him or are you still going through the motions with a casual Christianity. Jesus tells us there are two roads which represent two contrasting ways of life. The first way is that of saving our lives out of fear. The other road is losing our lives out of faith. 
One way is traveled by the people who seek power and status for themselves. The other is followed by people who relinquish status and power in order to bring the good news of God. Two roads stand before us today. There is the way of the divine things, which is the way of Christ. And there is the way of human things. There is a way to save your life, but you will lose it there. And there is a way to lose your life for the sake of the kingdom, and there you will find it. There's a story of the 100th anniversary of the arrival of missionaries in Zaire. Christians gathered to celebrate from the part of Zaire that was once called the Belgian Congo. The festivities lasted all day with music, preaching, food, conversations. Many reminisced about the early days and praised God for the progress of the gospel and the church. Near the end of the long program, a very old man stood to give a speech. He said that he soon would die and that he needed to tell something that no one else knew. If he didn't tell, his secret would go with him to his grave. He explained that when the first white missionaries came, his people didn't know whether to believe their message or not. So they devised a plan to slowly and secretly poison the missionaries and watch them die. One by one, children and adults became ill, died, and were buried. It was when his people saw how these missionaries died that they decided to believe their message. The missionaries never knew what was happening. They didn't know they were being poisoned, and they didn't know why they were dying. They didn't know they were martyrs. They stayed and died because they trusted Jesus. And it was the way they died that taught others how to live. There is the road of our culture that says, get more, be more, build a bigger enterprise, be more successful. And there is the road of Christ that says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Which road are you on? Let us close with a prayer this morning. Father, again, we come this morning with a thankful heart that you taught us from your word. Draw us close to you. We thank you for the trials and the struggles. May we not think human thoughts, but your thoughts about the Messiah and about our own life and its struggles, even as Jesus was not what people expected. May we know that to be like him is not necessarily to be what we expect either. Make us into the image of Christ, whatever that takes. Place us on the right path, your path. We pray for his glory. Amen.